This is the Jabberjaw Podcast Network. Visit JabberjawMedia.com for more shows like this one. Hey, this is Dewey from Peer Pleasure on Jabberjaw Media. I wanted to tell you guys about the Patreon for the show. It's called the Pleasure Seekers Club, and there's two levels. There's the $5 level and the $10 level. And all this is, guys, is to help support the show, help support the cost of putting the show out, um, you know, time spent uh, building the show, hosting costs, travel costs to do the in-person interviews that you guys like so much. Um, it all costs money, and I always try to find the best deal for sure uh, because I do have a day job as well. But having that support on the Patreon is definitely going to help uh, bring more in-person interviews, more travel more uh, updated uh, graphics, hosting, websites, all that stuff. So, um, And if you like the show, $5 a month or $10 a month really helps out. I know it's kind of a, uh, an interesting thing with the Patreon when something's already free, uh, but it is always going to be free. But if you want to support the show a little bit more, I'd absolutely appreciate it. Uh, you can pay either $5 or $10 a month. We'll try to do some special things for the patrons as well as we go, um, but it's just a way to support the show in a different way, and uh, like I said, I really appreciate you guys coming back week after week. That's the most important thing I can ask for. So definitely go over and check out the Patreon. It's patreon.com slash Podcast. Once again, that is patreon.com slash Podcast. Sign up today and join the community and help out the show. Keep it growing, and I thank you so much. Hey, this is Doc Coyle, host of the X-Man Podcast and part of the Jabberjaw Media Podcast Network. The X-Man Podcast is where I talk to professionals in the music world and other creative industries about the challenges and transitions of leaving monumental ventures. This podcast is for those passionate and driven 20 to 30-somethings at a crossroad trying to figure out what's next. Listen and subscribe at JabberjawMedia.com. What's going on, guys? Welcome to another episode of Peer Pleasure with Dewey Halpus on Adobe Radio and Jabberjaw Media. My name is Dewey, your host with the most, bringing you more great content week after week. This week, folks, we have an old buddy of mine, Daryl Palumbo. We met back on Warp Tour 2003, I believe it was. I'll have to look it up. But it was a long time ago, and it was back with Anatomy of a Ghost, and Daryl at the time was in Glassjaw, still is in Glassjaw, but he's done a bunch of other projects as well in the meantime uh, as Glassjaw has gone in and out of hiatus and, uh, you know, life gets in the way sometimes. So he's got a lot of projects. He's doing a lot of cool things and what a badass band Glassjaw has been for so long. And uh, I, we talk about on the episode, I remember seeing him back on the snowcore tours, those kind of weird new metal snowboarding tours that are they they just didn't fit 
but I think that was good for them because they stood out as like a front runner. It was it was interesting. Anyway, the cool part about this interview is Daryl doesn't do a lot of long form interviews. I don't think he's done any really. Um, and I had hit him up about coming on the show, and he was into it, and uh, went ahead and and we just talked about his life and his upbringing. I mean, he's got an interesting story, especially how him and Beck met. Um, and I mean, it's it's an interesting story, and I'm really glad I'm able to bring it to you guys. And it was great catching up with Daryl. I haven't talked to him in a long time. Um, he was always super cool to us on Warp Tour, calling out when we were going to be playing, on what stage, when they were on main stage, and just taking us under his wing and, and just having a blast together. And, and uh, we talk a little bit about that, too. So I'm stoked to bring this one to you guys this week uh, with Daryl. So... Let's get some business out of the way as usual, and then we'll get into everything. Uh, we are on peerpleasurepodcast.com, Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, all the socials. I know I'm not big on the social media thing, but I'm working into it uh, as time goes on, getting a little better at it. But it is, uh, it just seems like it's not necessary to me to have uh, that social media presence. If people know about the show, uh, they'll spread the word of mouth. But uh, in the meantime, we're going we're gonna to keep on the socials and keep posting all that stuff for you guys. So definitely check us out on there. Check out rockabilia.com. Rockabilia.com has over 500,000 items in their store, all licensed from the bands. Licensed band merchandise at a great price with great customer service. Rockabilia.com is your one-stop shop. So check them out. And uh, so let's go ahead and get into this episode with Daryl Palumbo, uh, the one and only as... <laughs> as I like to say, because he is a true original, and you guys are going to hear that on this episode. Uh, just a great dude. And, and uh, Glassjaw's got a new record out called Material Control. Uh, we talk a bit about that, too, because there was an original plan to release the record in secret, and that got foiled. Uh, I'm not sure by whom, but uh, it's an interesting story as well, how they were going to release that and had a whole plan together. And, and uh, I feel bad that it didn't work out, but the record is great. Uh, so go check that out now. And they're going to be touring with Quicksand here coming up uh, all across the U.S. And so uh, definitely check that out as well. All right, guys. Without further ado, let's get into my episode with Daryl Palumbo from Glassjaw. That's amazing. Very dope. <laughs> it's one of those hacks. Very dope. So <laughs> that's a good hack. Yeah. <laughs> nice. Well, thanks for having me, man. How you been, dude? I've been great, man. I've been I've been great. A lot of lot. We haven't seen each other for a long time, man. It's been like I know that's a long time. Two thousand three or something. Two thousand four. I don't remember I what Warp Tour that was, but probably two thousand three. Oh, shit. Yeah. yeah. At the latest, if anything, 2002, 2003, yeah. Yeah, exactly, man. And so, yeah, lots lots gone on. I've stopped playing music and gone into real-world uh, workforce as a commercial plumber and uh, working on hospitals and shit and then had kids and all that stuff. And, and uh, yeah, everyone else continued on and, and did other things. And the other guys are in Portugal the Man, which is massive now and so yeah totally <laughs> they're doing their thing absolutely yeah but uh and you've yeah, been up to tons of crazy. stuff that we'll talk about too man because i 
I'm I'm yeah. fascinated to find out what's been going on and and kind of what led up to everything and and uh, but first off, Daryl Palumbo from Glassjaw Color Film, all sorts of craziness. Welcome to the Pure Pleasure Podcast. <laughs> hey man, thanks for having me. How you doing? <laughs> Fantastic man. So backstory here for for my listenership, uh, how you and I met uh, was at I'm I, we were just talking about Warp Tour 2003. Um, Anatomy of a Ghost was the band I was with, and uh, the the weirdest part about this, Daryl, is we were big Glassjaw fans before Warp Tour, and we had been listening to Worship and Tribute literally on the way and on the way home from the studio recording our record, and uh, it, was, <laughs> it was funny because we got to, and then everything kind of exploded. We're like touring full time, Warp Tour is happening. We get on Warp Tour, you guys are on it. I think we met Todd first, um, and then I don't remember how you and I met, but I think you started saying from the stage every day what time we were playing and to go check us out, which was the weirdest and coolest thing ever. <laughs> It'd be literally like, hey, check out a ghost on this stage at this time. Go check him out. And we're like, well, dude, what is happening right now? Like, what? This is fucking crazy. And, uh, I hope it helps, man. I feel like nobody really watched us. I feel like nobody really watched us until like Chicago and New York, and that was like the end of it. That's so I feel crazy. like nobody really even watched us. Yeah, I mean, maybe people did a little bit, but I don't know. Dude. But that was good. Hey, you're good. I'm glad we got to meet that. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but uh, so, yeah, that's the backstory. And then, uh, yeah, that was a long time ago. <laughs> so lots happened since long then. Time but, that's uh, many lifetimes ago. Exactly. And you're a father now? I'm. That's what I've been yes, hearing? Yeah, I am. Okay. Yeah, I'm a dad, yeah. <laughs> how old? Uh, I, he uh, he turned one He turned one about a month ago. Oh, my God. So, uh, yeah, time flies. It is a crazy, uh, it's a crazy experience. So, yeah, that's like my, uh, that's my day-to-day in a big way, and it's amazing. Yeah. Dude, you're loving it. <laughs> yeah, I do love it. It's amazing. Are you dad? Did you, yeah, did you yeah. Say, yeah, that's what you did. Well, good. Yeah. You can you can relate. It's crazy. It's new for me. So. Yeah, it was, uh, it was crazy. I got my my wife had a daughter. So I have a stepdaughter who's just getting ready to go to college. And uh, so wow. we had, <laughs> it was weird because that was new to me coming into parenting at like 10 or 11 years old. And then having kids uh, with my wife, having the little, so we've got a son, Grayson, he's six, uh, or he'll be six in September, and then my daughter, uh, Cora, is just turning five this month, and so we basically started over, and so that was all new to me, but I'd already kind of experienced the teenage time, so wow. <laughs> so now I know what to expect, kind of, but, or what's in yeah, the store. Yeah, yeah. But the- I mean, that's just a lot to take in. I can't even imagine. That's really amazing. It's I'm, I'm, in, I'm in awe of what of what you uh, of what you do. Yeah, no, that's amazing. Dude. It's not easy. Uh, you know, I'm, I'm you know I'm only a little over a year in of learning. It's definitely a very it's a very real thing. Yeah, it's it's, a, it's amazing. Are you sleeping? Resting. Uh, yeah, uh, when I can. <laughs> yeah, that's obviously something that you don't. You know, I don't sleep as much as I did. Yeah. I used to get a lot of sleep. It was good. Yeah, <laughs> not so much, but it's good. It's good. Okay, I'm into it. And so, are you married now? A girlfriend, married, or I am married. Yeah, okay, I'm married. I'm married for a couple of years. Man, it's beautiful. Life is good. Life is good. Excellent. Excellent. Well, yeah. let's let's talk about. Let's lead up to this because I, I, I mean, you and I met at a at a like a big time in your life. I mean, Glassjaw was really starting to hit hard, um, yeah. and I was, you know, doing my thing, and that was what it was. And then, uh, but I don't know a lot about you as far as you know where you came from and how you got into that whole that whole scene. You know what I mean? Where I knew I knew you had grown up in the hardcore scene in New York, um, and I know. You know, when I first saw Glass Show, it was always on like those snowcore tours and stuff where you guys were kind of partnering with these new metal bands. And I was like, that these was guys that entire all... time of our life. Yeah. No, that was that whole time. Yeah. It's, and so, yeah, a lot of that. Yeah. So I want to go back. Like, you grew up in New York, right? You were born in, in, in New York State, right? Yeah. Okay. Long Island, New York. Long Island, New York. I'm a, a Long Island, New York guy. Yeah. Okay. I'm very much that guy. Yeah. <laughs> Justin, too. Justin, too. My, uh, 
my my brother brother is my partner in Glassjaw. He uh, he he's a Long Islander. He's from Merrick, and I'm from Belmore. And they're two towns next to each other on Long Island in New York. <clears throat> okay. I feel like there's a lot of people like me. I feel like there's there's a lot of guys that you know from that from that place. I feel like we're a type of guy. Yeah. But uh, yeah, yeah. It's a that, thing. That's a, yeah, it's a thing. It's a thing. <laughs> I feel like it's a thing. And if you know, and if you know the thing, and like you 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 know us, or like you are one of those guys, I'm sure. You know the thing, and I'm just even you know just hearing me say it. You're like, oh my god, yeah, they are those guys. Sure. What did what did your parents do then? My dad worked for Amtrak my entire life, and my mom, like, uh, like secretarial type stuff like that, administrative you know, things kind like of things. That. Yeah, office, officey. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah. So both parents yeah. working. Did you and you have brothers and sisters or? No, it's just me. Just you. So, did you spend a lot of time yeah. like after school programs and things like that on on your own, or? No, uh, no. You know, I just came came home to my my house either by myself or I'd be with, be with my grandmas. I'm Italian, Italian Long Island dude, so okay. there's lots of grandma, lots of grandma, and lots of you know. It's a real close family, so there was always people around. So I'd come home, I would go to my grandmother's and spend a lot of time with her after uh, after school, and it was just me. Okay. And uh, and I got I got to uh, I, you know just me and my imagination, and that just kind of set the set the groundwork. Yeah, being an only child just kind of <laughs> forced me to you know sure I have to use my imagination at all times. Excellent. That's something I now I don't hear that a lot because a lot of people I talk to have you know brothers and sisters and that's how they got into music is big brother big sister gave them a record or or they heard them listening to these records i mean how early did you get into music were you, were you have a musical family as far as your parents go grandmother yeah okay yeah no my dad my dad and uh i mean just everybody in my both sides of my family just really dug really dug music my dad was my music my partner like my just like me and him always were on the same page of music my whole life um, so yeah, and that was just from like from when I was born. He he played before I was born. He was in bands, and he was a rock rock dad, you know. Okay. Uh, and uh, yeah, British invasion stuff and new wave stuff and far out art music stuff. But yeah, a lot of great pop music, a lot of a lot of good British, you know, far out synthesizer stuff. And okay. yeah, I'm from the '80s, so yeah, uh, he like kind of raised me on good. Um, you know, good tunes. And uh, my mother's brother, my mother's brother was just, he's a far out, far out, you know, rock and roll dude. Always just was into crazy classic rock. And some of it is like fucking terrifying when you're young, you know, it's just, it's, it comes across way heavier than it really fucking is, you know, like Sabbath and shit. I was, oh, in fact, yeah. I was just talking about this with, with somebody that was like, that's like fucking death metal when you're four, you know? Sure. So that was like, Seeing that, my my mom's younger brother, like he was, he was like young when I was real little. So like he was just like killing it, being a young wild dude, and like seeing him listening to Zappa and like Sabbath and shit. That that definitely all that stuff stuck with me in a heavy way. And yeah, yeah, there's music around all the time. Definitely, that's excellent. Sabbath when you were four, that's fucking crazy. <laughs> Dude, <laughs> well, I didn't stick the hardest of all of it. You know, Zappa and shit like that. Yeah, but that stuff really kind of that really fucks me up. Like things like that, bands like Squeeze and a lot of British British stuff. Those bands just from an early age that became just like stuff that really stuck in my head. I really I got drawn to it. Those weird type of niche things, and that's still my shit. And I guess I don't yeah. know. That's that makes a lot of sense. I mean, you had a, you have a great sense of melody, so I I was curious on what you grew up on because uh, you mean as as heavy as a lot of the stuff you put out is, there's always this overwhelming like sense of of melody and like this these hooks and but it's in it's done in a way that's just so unique that I, I was I was really curious because that's a that's a big thing with a lot of things that you do I think and and it's either like very very brutal and but then there's like this just beauty that comes out of it or it's straightforward like just in your face catchy as hell so like yeah that makes yeah, a lot yeah. of sense i mean i love that stuff you know that's just that was just always that stuff was just always there it's just not the first stuff i feel like if you're playing music when you're real young it's like not the first 
shit that you gravitate towards, like physically, your body doesn't maybe gravitate towards playing Costello tunes and like figuring out squeeze tunes, like you know, more sophisticated kind of cool, you know, thinking man's pop music. You know, I, I didn't, I didn't personally veer towards playing that immediately. You know, <laughs> you know but that was always there. You know, you just it's just every moment of my life, my whole life. But you, but I don't know. And then you pick up a guitar when you're fucking ten, and you're like, I play thrash metal and that's what I do and I was born to play thrash metal like that's kind of what you physically I think dudes like me and Justin like we just kind of it was like skateboards guitars fucking graffiti just everything at once like in 19 you know 89 through 93 94 was like just all everything hitting but yeah. then you know at a certain point I guess I got lucky and I got to really start playing a lot of that type of you know far out pop and synthesizer music and far out shit but yeah i mean i love heavy stuff too heavy stuff is fucking great <laughs> exactly exactly you have the you have a good appreciation for everything i mean and it's it really shows i mean so when how how early on did you and beck meet um i feel i feel like i've never spaced out on the i think i was 12 or 13 12 maybe okay. 12 13 i feel like I, i'm spacing a little bit but he he was a year older than me and i was i just finished eighth grade and um, I was just, uh, I guess I got my first kind of like job as like a kid. I was at a, a day camp that I went to my whole life every summer. Uh -huh. My grandmother uh, mentioned earlier, she she was the cook at this day camp on Long Island. And uh, that was my, I just finished eighth grade and I went to my first day of work. And I, I, I think I was wearing a, like an anthrax among the living shirt. <laughs> like I had to make sure that I had that on. Like so that anybody... <laughs> Like any fucking person knows what that fucking stupid shit was at the time, but anybody who would know, if you saw me, you would know. Back then, it was like you put the bait out there, so if anybody was like-minded, you know, they, if anybody was ahead, they would, they would like come up to you and be like on the page. But ironically, Justin was wearing like Dad Brains shirt like day one. Like he he was working that summer; it was his first day working, and and I was just like, "Does it?" That think I just saw him, and we fell in love, and I had to talk to him about whatever fucking records I. Got <laughs> whatever, whatever we were listening to, suicidal, fucking bad brains, and anthrax and that stuff. So we met, we met them, and that was it. Yeah. Wow, they're just flying the flag, just put it out there. <laughs> Had to, yeah. See, and a good thing I did because I met my man. You know, dude, it changed your entire <laughs> life, the entire entire Forever. course of your life. That's Literally, that's right. To this I'm not day. even fucking kidding. I knew it. It's beyond to this day. It changed every. Every yeah, everything in my life forever I was put you know wearing it like a fl a fucking flag. I probably had X's on my hands, like something crazy. Like I was probably just dressed up, like I was going to a fucking you know a, a show in a movie. Like I wasn't yeah. even like I was so probably looked so ready to go to some show out of a movie about shows, and I had to let it be known. And good thing <laughs> I did. Yeah, he was great. Justin looked amazing. I remember his outfit. I remember the outfit. Yeah, he looked great. He looked, I knew it. Seriously. <laughs> and he was a year old, but he looked physically, he was like a handsome cat, like very mature. He looked more mature, and I was like, that's a fucking cool dude. And I, I, knew, I knew, see? And then we started playing guitar together. And that was it. Dude, so that's fantastic. And you remember what he's wearing. That's that's adorable. But there... <laughs> <laughs> I remember all of his outfits from that I... era. He had, he had great shirts. We talked about it. He had a couple items that were great items. I mean, me and him had funny fucking clothes we look back now but he always had great well he had like a great like watch like a sick goofy watch and like a taco bell shirt he had like all the dope shit definitely <laughs> right <laughs> off rip he was your cooler older brother right there that, yeah i mean he was a year he's definitely a year year and a half older than me yeah he, he was kind of like a little more swaggy than me definitely yeah sure. <laughs> and he goes on to start a merch company and and you're not there i mean jesus christ it's just there writing itself See? <laughs> yeah, man. See, so you they guys start. You guys start jamming on guitar, and <laughs> so I mean, how soon after did Glassjaw form? Was there a band before Glassjaw with you two? I mean, yeah. I mean, it was just like me and him, just like fantasizing and like writing songs. That was just kind of like what it always. It's still that. It kind of was just always that. And we, just, I think at the time, yeah, it was just called Minority Overall. 
language is just like it doesn't even I think it doesn't even sound like English. Like it's not doesn't really make sense. Like what does minority overall really mean? But that was that was like the name. I remember being like, this is fucking name, <laughs> and then, <laughs> it was that like, on like stickers or like on, on notebooks or whatever you do at the time. Sure, and then. uh and then a couple other dudes I just knew from like Catholic high school or other wild straight edge skateboard lunatics. And they all, they were starting a band and they were like, you should be in our band. And I was like, I got a guy or whatever. And we all just like teamed up and it was glass job. But yeah, I kind of, we didn't even really start it. Like, I think I, I made the name up, I think, but like we didn't, I think it was like other kids, like my friends more were doing this thing and they were like, you got to join Daryl, but I was already jamming with Justin, and so I, you know, I was like, "Yeah, but I got this guy, yeah. my dude." <laughs> and then, yeah, that's it. And that was a million lifetimes ago. And somehow, then you know, it, it, it just became mine and his thing. We were just probably really anal, even at that point, about everything. So yeah, <laughs> and that's yeah. like thirteen years old, at least what they said. I'm telling you, that's crazy. <laughs> that's crazy. And you're still—I mean, your formative years. You guys have already found each other, like soulmates. Found each other. You're on this journey. I mean, this is stuff movies are made of, man. This is yeah. And I totally get that vibe watching you guys. You know, perform together. You know, I've never watched you write together, but watching you guys on stage together and just, I mean, you, the way you guys are. I mean, just even at dinner or something like, uh, it's just like best buddies. I mean, it's it's it's. So you could definitely tell the dynamic in the band that who did what, who did what, and and who the the staple people were i mean you could always tell that but um so so you guys you know glass jaws running you guys are doing your thing and then when does uh everything kind of come around to you know first record comes out roadrunner comes around then all that that mess happens with them i mean how soon how soon did you i mean you guys signed with roadrunner put out the first record you had an ep before that and then uh, did things just kind of start exploding from there or did it, did it take until worship and tribute to really start to explode? Uh, well, I mean, it, we came from just like hard, hardcore, you know? Yeah. yeah so yeah. like it was just people going to more and more people would just go to the hardcore show era of it, you know, like it was getting kind of like happening steadily more and more from like 93 forward. Like the shows just got bigger until, like, at a certain point, I think maybe we, you know, probably played a show and drew, oh, fucking thousand people, maybe more than a thousand people, something crazy like that. Justin probably knows the exact number, you know? <laughs> we finally were drawing, you know, just, like, drawing dudes, and that was, like, late 90s, 98, 99, when yeah. we were just trying to learn how to, like, write stuff. Like, we weren't trying to, we never were, like, you know, like, trying to be, you know, prog, phenom, that's not like kind of was that wasn't our thing. We just kind of like proggy, far out, you know, bugged out hardcore and wanted to do it really heavy, but do a lot of really far out melodic, mm -hmm. rad, soulful stuff too. I mean, it's just obvious what we were probably trying to do. Uh -huh. And uh, around the late '90s, that was when it kind of was all just like really, you know, starting to we were starting to draw more dudes and labels were hollering a little bit, but we didn't particularly give a shit, you know, right off the bat. But mm -hmm. And then Roadrunner was probably late 99. I think they came in directly into our life, me and Justin's life. Yeah. Okay. And then that, then I feel like, you know, 2000 or 2000, you know, from like 90, late 99, 2000, like 2003 was just the, the era of, you know, the two major label sort of records. And that kind of all felt the same, I guess, in retrospect. But yeah, that was kind of when it was, Worshipman Tribute, I guess, is when things felt kind of pro- Okay. Like like I said on the warp tour, I think where we met, I feel like it's not even a ton of people were really watching us, but maybe we had a song out at that moment that was something was I don't know. But by the end of that warp tour, by the end of like the nine weeks that it is, like at the end of the road, like it felt like there was definitely more kids watching us. Yeah. And then we just kind of took off, took like a break for a minute after that era for like a minute, not too long, but a minute. Sure. I remember a lot from that time because, I mean, I, Cosmopolitan Blood Loss, there's a video for that song with, uh, is it Vincent Gallo, I believe is his name, um, uh, in the video. Anyways, it was a video out, and then, so that was like the song, 
but you guys did not play it at Warp Tour. And I was talking to Todd, and Todd's like, yeah, we played that song so much, I can't stand it. Like, but you guys would play uh, the other one, Ape Dose Mill, like the 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 really like slow jammy song. And uh, that I remember I first saw that song before meeting you guys. I saw it on like the AOL sessions or whatever, that live um, in-studio version of it. And it just like clicked with me. Anyway, but that whole era, like cool. it, it seemed like – it seemed like everything was kind of firing on all cylinders and uh you know it, the amount of people that it seemed like a lot of people were watching it warped tour but it seemed like people were into it. i mean they were singing along uh and then but then getting back to uh, you know everything everything rolling that direction seeing you live that was the first time i'd seen you guys live i missed all the portland shows um i was always working like shitty shifts at work um I think the other guys saw you guys like twice, but it, getting to see madness. you. Some of those shows in that era was fucking dude madness. It was yeah, those were great. But watching you uh, on stage and watching because you know I was familiar with the music, the songs, but seeing it live, that projection, uh, you know, the power of your voice for one. You're you're on stage. It seemed like you were almost. You had like this like this stagger on stage where you would just kind of flail around. Uh, but then you would literally throw everything into these parts. Like you could say, I mean, your hand would go out behind you. Like it was almost like a, uh, just this like heaving of emotions. <laughs> like it was crazy. It was like, I was like, is he drunk? Is he going to throw up? No, he's no, straight he edge. Drunk. No, he's definitely he's comp- not drunk. Exactly. That was what was cool is finding out you're straight edge because I was like, is he drunk? No, he's not drunk. He's not drunk at all. He just has this like, and everything was just like flowing through you guys. And I'd watch back like, Watching his leg, just his leg bounce, like this uncontrollable, like rhythm, like this metronome. Uh, I mean, he's got every, a good bounce. His leg has a great bounce. Yeah, has that bounce and he'd leg. like have yeah. one foot up on the pedal board, and it would just be rocking, like it was just mechanical. And, yeah. and that groove yeah. was so thick. When did you find yeah, that voice? When did you find that voice and that power? Because that's one thing that really stood out was just this. It looked, I mean, it was so professional and on key. <laughs> I mean, I, I'm not kissing your ass here. I'm just saying, like, there's no. I don't think people. you are. I just, I just laugh at that stuff. I, I mean, I just feel like in my head, I was always, I was like, you know, I was Roger Daltrey in my head the whole time. The whole time. And I think, yeah, and that's, but that's, what, but you have to sell it, right? And I really, whether I knew that I had so far to go, and I still, you know, always every day I have so far to go. Every day is like a million lessons you know in every way yeah. whether it's singing or fucking life lessons with my son or just you know it's just i learn you just learn so like whether i knew that at the at the time i definitely was fucking roger Daltrey the whole time you know like I, in my head yeah but i think that going back it's like I, it's horrible to watch a lot of it i mean you you're you're reiterating it really amazingly and that's so flattering and i think that probably it's way harder for me to see a lot of, you know, those old shows. But I think the part of it is, is that I was just full conviction at all times. So that's just what, I don't know, me and Justin were just nuts. We're just nuts. <laughs> we just get out there and we're fucking nuts. It came across I don't know, that Yeah, way. like he's a dude, you know, like he's, he's a business guy. He's got to deal with a million people every fucking day in the factory. And then we just get on stage, we're just nuts. Like it doesn't matter. It just kind of doesn't matter where we're at. Like I'm like, I'm a fucking dad, you know? Like, and I, I just still, like, there's no way that you can, you just can't do what we, you just can't play that type of music and then not be a fucking kind of crazy dude and just be able to just do it, whip it out every fucking time. But yeah. I think that part of it, what what makes, what the thing you're describing was just being real passionate, young, and not even knowing how not good I actually was and probably still am, you know? To me, at least. Sure. So just, like, full conviction, just, like, you know, that's it. That's what we do. Man, I mean, we still did. That's still how it is. And being older, you you really realize that sort of like, well, you can't. We can't even do it if it's not just full, you know, full crazy. I mean, I can't sing those vocal parts if I'm half asleep. Like it just doesn't work like that, you know. Yeah, it's only gotten harder, and the sets have only gotten longer. And my body has only gotten fucking older, you know. <laughs> so you just have to do it. There's no way to fake it. You can't fake it, and that's kind of how we always. But we're not the only band. That's all. That's any band. That's just a maniacal, heavy, live, organic-sounding band. You know. Yeah. Any band like that, like, like Converge, like they band like Converge can't. You can't get up. They can't. It'll never not be good. 
they can't even attempt it without it being full, full commitment and just insane. Like it's perfect every fucking time. It's, you can't fake that, you know. Yeah, that and that's yeah. there's very few bands that I I feel that way about. Converge is definitely one of them. I've seen them a few times. Yeah. I had oh Kurt, my god. I had Kurt on the show, and we I mean just his conviction alone. And his dedication oh, to the art. I mean, and the craft. Oh, there's every one of them. Yeah. Each one of them are as good as you could possibly be doing what they're doing to make that whole machine work at all times. You watch that live, you couldn't couldn't possibly fake it. Sure. They're perfect. Kurt's a fucking animal. Yeah, yeah. We yeah. dig those bands that are just full nuts. You know, we always just like bands that go fucking nuts. And a lot of those videos you watch that stuff were breaking everything and not playing a lot of the notes back then too. Yeah. So, you know, and that adds to it in a cool way. I think there's way less of that at this point. But when it, you know, when you just snap, you just snap. You just get, you get, you know, you just kind of get lost in intense fucking heavy music. Sure. And there's bands you see that, that try to do that or are almost like think in their head they're doing that, but they're not. Like it's, no, you, you can, you yeah, can see course. the difference, you know, and, and I mean, you'd yeah, be, you'd be like, you'd be weaving and weaving and weaving around stage. You'd, the way you grip the mic, like you were spitting in Larry's face, like, and just smiling, laughing, like getting everyone to smile real big and like blowing your cheeks out, like all sorts of hilarious shit, but you are just like singing so hard and some like, some lyrics with some anger behind it, but then like you're like, you know, just almost just this character. It was cool because, and then off stage you're just as amped up, but you know you can you can hold a conversation like we're doing now. But on stage you're looking at you like, barely, this guy's fucking nuts. Hold he's nuts. Like he's, <laughs> what's he doing? Who's he gonna mess with next? You know, and like <laughs> that was that was so fun to watch every day. Like we watched you guys uh, every day unless you. we were playing. Like we were side stage. Are you enjoying the show? If you are, definitely head over to Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Stitcher, anywhere you're listening to podcasts, wherever you're listening to this podcast right now. Throw us a five-star rating or a review. We really appreciate that. It helps the show out big time. So like I said, if you are enjoying the show, head on over and give us a review on Apple Podcasts or wherever you consume podcasts. Thank you. Being, you know, being young is such a beautiful fucking thing. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. Did you ever think you'd be a dad and like, I mean, was that on your radar? I mean, I imagined it would happen. It was never like I was too, you know, I'm not James Dean, you know, like I was yeah. never too cool for fucking society. <laughs> like I'm not that far into rock and roll, you know, like I, I'm a, I'm a normal fucking dude. Yeah. I, I guess I knew it was going to happen, but I like I, as a younger person, I, I had no force. I had no, I couldn't see five seconds into the future. I couldn't with a band. I never could. I couldn't when I was younger. Like there's no, there was no big plan for Glastra in my head. It was just like play every second, every show that we get asked to play, never stop playing. Yeah. And I just felt, yeah, I'm a, I'm a lifer, but I'm, I'm not a lifer. I'm not, I'm not that dude. I'm not I'm some road dog, but it definitely, you know, I, I mean, I just don't have enough. <laughs> Uh, I guess you know. I never thought that I'd yeah. I'm gonna eventually be doing this, and I'm gonna do this for a living, and have a child. I didn't really think like that. Yeah. So imagine I I figured I uh, yeah. Of course, I figured I'd have a kid. Well, who was who was? I mean, and, and along with this, this the performance side of it and the emotive side of it. That voice that you have, that that uh, I mean, it's very unique the the way you carry yourself for one but then the sound of your voice the way it can go from almost like comical laughing to some of the most intense screaming it's something that people have tried to emulate over the years so many times i can't even count and you can tell it you can tell you are their influence but they can't pull it off the same way i mean there's bands uh there's bands that the the singer even acts like you on stage i mean do you see these is that on your radar i know it's it sucks no. to no, I mean every once in a while. Way, no, no, I, I don't. I it's you know I I don't. I'm, I, I but every once in a while, if I see something, I'll be like, yeah, maybe they, maybe they dug old videos of us. Maybe uh -huh. they're younger and they watched YouTube videos. I don't know. Yeah, maybe a little bit, but cool. You know, I yeah. don't know. I'm a hundred percent like, I, if if that is the case, that's I dig it. Yeah, or whatever. It's funny. It's it's cool. But I dig it. I'm like that. I was that. I am that. I still hundred percent driven by, 
you know, whatever records I'm listening to are like who's a dude that I'm still kind of trying to kind of trying to like emulate a little bit. I mean, it sounds just like so shallow and so obvious that at, at 40 years old, you, you wouldn't even think someone would think like that. But I mean, that was just me. I'm fueled by that. Yeah. It's like, and kind of like emulating these, you know, just weird little things that dudes did that just blew my mind. Whether it's like guitar or writing or singing, whatever it is. Yeah. It's, I still, you know, I'm like that. So, so I don't really see that, but if bands are like that, then, you know, Man, I feel you. I'm more like times that. than I can count. And, uh, <laughs> there's even bands people have mentioned to me like, "Oh man, this record they totally tried to rip off Glassjaw, and I just don't like them anymore." <laughs> the singer oh, is totally crazy. going oh, the, for right when they try to rip us off is when they start sounding horrible. That's, yeah. that's appropriate. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they're like, that, yeah, I don't know what he was. Do- I mean, now he's trying to he's trying to be this exactly, and I was like, I don't, I don't know, man, like. It was, yeah, it's it's crazy. But you do definitely have something that's, you know, uh, that's magical. I mean, it's it's one of those, like, it's and it's not lightning in a ball either. It's like, it's something that you've made, built a career around. I mean, it's something with longevity and, and I mean, it's your signature deal. I mean, that's what's so cool about it is, is you and you and Beck together. I mean, Glassjaw has evolved, of course, but, you know, talking to, and, and this is something I talked to Dave and uh, Todd about after, after warped like we saw dave i think in new york we were playing oh my god the knitting factory and he came out with a he had an ipod with some demos and stuff on it of new stuff because i was like man is are you guys going to put anything else out and he was installing alarm systems in houses or something anyways but he explained to me that you and you and uh you and justin would come in with like full demos, like full songs on your own. Like you would record everything, Justin would record everything and bring them to the table. And that's when, and I don't know if that's true, but that's kind of when I started to realize like, wow, everyone kind of plays everything and, and these complete ideas. That was really interesting to me um, to hear. I mean, if it's true. Um, yeah, no, I mean, yeah, of course. Yeah. And we the, like hearing the song at the end. Yeah. Like we hear, like we like, I mean, yeah, yeah. Like we've just, always kind of yeah just track a lot of shit i mean we track way less shit than we did at the time that you're referring to definitely there's way less of surplus of shit but definitely it was always like the goal is to be able to do it all you know to do it all in-house and and that's what you know and that's what this record is just me and him me and him and our our boy billy uh on drums so i mean that yeah no you were i mean that's you're right. I yes, remember listening. I, I mean, was sitting at this on point, that. it's not even demos. At this point, it's just the demos just become. I mean, what is a demo at this point? You know, it's yeah. your tracking is tracking. Exactly. You're going to record so, yeah. it the same way on a computer or whatever. Like, it, or yeah, like why not track it dope? Like right, right off rip. Like a demo. You mean like when you kind of just like put your iPhone in the window in the room that you're sitting in, strumming the guitar, <laughs> and you film yourself playing the riff. That's the demo. Anything past that, I'm keeping it. But sure. <laughs> I'm not wasting it. I'm not wasting the time. And it kind of was that. I feel like a yeah. lot of it was that. There was some stuff where we were doing retracking on some, you know, guitar parts. But for the most part, it was pretty fast on the new record. Like everything was, you know. Sure. Yeah. I re- yeah, I remember. Like, I mean, I was sitting. I was sitting on a curb in front of Knitting Factory with Dave, and just listening to these demos, and they were super like mellow. But very, I mean, I was stoked on them. Like I was like, "This is going to be really good." And then I don't know if anything out, out that even came out. But probably, was, probably was, some of that got used. I'm sure a bunch of it, if not all those risks in some capacity, got put into stuff. You know? Yeah. They very well could have. Yeah. Why not? Yeah. If you heard a demo of it, then it probably then some of it made it to something. Yeah. Sure. And then so after that, soon after that, the lineup changed. Everything kind of shifted a little bit, and then everything kind of went more under the radar like stuff came out every once in a while and it was kind of like was that when uh justin had i mean uh merch director or whatever was going crazy and like everyone's life was going different directions like it seemed like well we definitely had a lot of things like just a million things happening every direction like him and i i guess but i think it was probably more i'll take more responsibility i guess it's probably mm-hmm. more me just like i said i'm just that could be lackadaisical you know i take on a lot of projects and i'm I'm really I'm cool with I'm cool with the calendar, but like I, I can get lackadaisical when it's something that doesn't take effort. Like last year doesn't take effort in this sort of weird way, and I, and I don't know if it, if anybody I don't know if it'll even make sense to anybody, me or Justin, but it like kind of goes on autopilot. And mm-hmm. like it, it was, I feel like I maybe was a little more lackadaisical and just had had automatica stuff. And 
making, you know, doing, you know, making beats and, you know, whatever I was fucking doing for a lot of dudes and just touring a lot. And, uh, yeah, you know, I was touring a lot and then put out two, you know, two head automatic records at the time. Yep. But, I mean, it was probably more me, but that was, you know, I, I was only probably two years and then maybe like 2003 to 2005, uh, we kind of, you know, and uh, yeah, but absolutely merch direct. Uh, there's a lot of, there's a lot of shit going on. He definitely, he had, he started having a, you know, his family expanded. He had children at that point and, you know, so definitely we just kind of definitely got a little bit older at that point yeah. in our life. And it was probably two years of not, no, you know, no real, no frequency. Mm-hmm. And then maybe like 2005, we just, you know, not kick it into high gear, but started doing a lot more stuff. And, uh, but no full length record. It was all kind of EPs and, you know, arts and crafts projects and yeah, just kind of doing a lot of stuff, doing a lot of stuff ourselves. Man. And that, I mean, that stuff had some intense groove as well. Like everything just seemed to really lock into place to, I mean, just stuff that, I mean, your head's bouncing the whole time. Like it's, it just really felt, I mean, that stuff that I would see live, um, it was just amplified. It seemed like, like I could just picture it in my head, listening to it, like, you know, what it was, what was going into this. And, and it was, it was cool to kind of sit on the outside and, and just kind of pick it apart. And, and, you know, cause stuff was coming out, you know, here and there. So it wasn't like this onslaught of material. Um, but I mean, in between that time, I mean, you had, like you're saying head automatica, which was the, some of the catchiest stuff I've ever heard. Uh, and just like straight, I mean, Playing in Head Automatica and playing in Glassjaw, two very different things. You're going 100%. Did you get something else from Head Automatica, or did you feel the same way playing with them as you do with Glassjaw as far as, like, you know, 110%, get the same, like, satisfaction? Um, or yeah, did, okay. yeah, yeah, definitely. I mean, the whole, yeah, definitely. Super different, obviously, super different experience, sure, you know? Sure. It's totally different, you know, it's totally, I wouldn't say polar opposite. There's a lot of, you know, groovy funky fucking things, you know, going yeah. on in glass show always. And there was always a lot of, you know, kind of body moving <laughs> sort of grooviness <laughs> with a lot of the head automatic and stuff too. And stuff. Yeah. But, but it's a, it's a, it's a totally different experience. And I guess, you know, after a while, it just feels like you make, you make music and that's just kind of like where, where you're at for a long time in life. You know, I feel like it feels way less different to do other things than glass show you know like i feel like it's, everything feels like that's that I, it's just like it's music and it's very these are familiar these are familiar paradigms that i slip into mm-hmm. <laughs> like I feel it's just like you you have to become like the you know you got to just get your head in the right spot and be efficient whether it's like studio or live or going on the road like it's you know you just slip into it and you do it but yeah. I, I i i think that like i probably couldn't i think i didn't probably feel that or like understand that the same way it wasn't there was no clarity like that maybe in 2003, 2004, like there's probably a lot of projects happening and Glass Show is very different feeling than everything. It's just now it just kind of feels like music happens and things, you know, it's all kind of feels streamlined and things feel simpler in a weird way. Sure. It just feels like it's kind of what I do. It's like what, it's what people do. You know, we're going on, we're going on tour with, uh, with Quicksand and, and Wally Walter from Quicksand. He's constantly doing, you know, any number of like amazing fucking projects. Not, they're all like in, in a sort of in a rock sort of zone, but like they're they're drastically different. And I I feel that for him it's probably like he that's what he does at this point. He you know he's like this amazing alternative rock troubadour that just slips into these different things. And I think it's probably just feels really really uh, familiar to him too. You know. Sure. Sure. Yeah. Do you and I ask I ask this question a lot too because I, and and it's something that that get very different answers on but and it, from what you've told me so far and what I've seen I mean I I kind of know probably where you're going to go with it but do you play music because you have to or because you want to like is it is it so much a part of you that you could never stop or is it is a lot of it like uh, just kind of because it's what you do you keep doing it does that make sense? There, is it like I no no of course no okay. it makes perfect sense. I mean in the in the least poetic way possible. I I I love I love playing music. I do obviously I do. Mm-hmm. I wouldn't. I just would fucking. I'd go dig ditches for for <laughs> dough if I if I really fucking needed it. 
But do I also do because it's what I do for a living? Yeah, definitely. I'm, I'm fucking like, I'm almost 40, you know, I, and I have a, have a child and I own things and I have a wife and a, and a mom I take care of. You know, I, I, I definitely do it because it's my job. I definitely enjoy it. And I think about, I think about it a lot that I am lucky to never have been one of those dudes that are just like caught in this like jingle land where everything is like you're laughing at a lot of shit that you're doing. Like I, I'd be honored to to be thrown tons of that work because I, I you know like that's yeah that stuff is it is fun and it's really easy. Not not that it's easy. I don't mean to insult anybody that does that. And it's fucking. It, 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 it's a lot of work. It's easy, but it's a lot of work. I feel like I have never had to slave away at making things for anybody else. You know what I mean? Like yeah. I've never had to do that. I feel like I'm really fucking lucky that it's always been these really <laughs> childlike. It's a band. Like I've always <laughs> been in like a band. So to be this age and still be doing stuff like that, I am. I'm humbled. I'm lucky. You know, me and Justin love doing doing this thing it has like it's great the way that it works out takes up the right amount of time and we enjoy the freedom of it like we really do control we control everything we do you know we, we really enjoy that we're in a really good position it's, we're lucky you know and i'm lucky with with anything else i do as well I, i'm honored to be able to to do that but yeah i mean it is my living too sure. i'm not gonna act like that sure <laughs> you know <laughs> I love reading. I'll sit home and read for like five fucking years if I really didn't have to go out and yeah. do anything. I can make a couple of tunes here and there for you if you want. Just talk about it. If I didn't have to make any money, I guess that would be cool. But sure, sure, not, <laughs> not that lucky. You have to keep going and, and making the making the paycheck and all that. But God, <laughs> um, yeah, it's great though. You know, it's fucking great. It's amazing. I yeah. play childish music. I mean. It's, that's a that sounds really petty, but I, I play really young feeling, insane, sort of avant garde, crazy, you know, intense, weird, fun shit. I'm 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 humbled, you know. And you get to do that, yeah. You get to do that on stage every night, and it's it's insane. So I mean, when did when did Material Control start developing as far as an idea that hey, we're going to put out a record, uh, you know, not an EP, we're going to put out a record, and then the whole thing with it going to be a secret and then someone, someone le not leaking it, but leaking or leaking it or leaking the idea that it was coming out or, or the date or whatever. What happened yeah, with all that? Like that, take me through that process because that was a really interesting thing. Well, let's see. Long story short, I feel like the record has been fully done, mixed and mastered for at least two years at this point. Holy literally. Shit. Yeah, that's, I mean, it's, it was definitely all wrapped for a long time, and we kind of, you know, we were deliberating how to, you know, present it to the public, how, how Justin and I wanted to do it, and um, in the end, long story short, we did it. We did it with uh, uh, Sony, and it's, it's somehow with the release of with the <laughs> with the release of this record that we kind of had completed, and we wanted to kind of present like. Uh, you know, to everybody on our mailing list would kind of receive, you know, pieces of the record at, at random, sort of these playable flexi disc postcard. And we, you know, we really, we, we kind of put it together, you know, everybody around the same day or two or three would around, you know, whoever was on this mailing list would be getting a different tune at random from it. And that would be kind of like, well, you know, ta-da, there's a record. Everybody's realizing that there's maybe 10 songs or whatever had circulated, you know. But uh -huh. it, 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 there was something at the label as, you know, the way labels work, some confusion. I, I mean, at this point, you know, I don't even know. There's some confusion, and somebody had a, somebody was, you know, appeasing something with Amazon and needed to put up something to the effect of a pre-order and just totally spoil the whole thing, oh. you know. And it doesn't just, and it's not like I'm an artist, you know, like, hey, Justin and I are the fucked artists, and now we're, we're all, you know, irritated that you fucked with our fantasy. I mean, it's not, yeah, it's a little bit that, but like, it's not just that. It's also, <laughs> it probably just may have been even better for everybody involved if it had the impact of being, ta-da, but, you know. Yeah. Nobody can have nobody can have nice things. Nobody can have nice things. <laughs> That's something you're going <laughs> to say very thing. soon. 
Yeah. You were going to yeah, be saying right. that when you're – oh, my God. <laughs> my son just threw his iPad off the deck, off the off the balcony. See? And that's why we can't have nice things. And that's why we can't have nice things. And my <laughs> fucking mother said that to me every single day, I swear. <laughs> my and wife it, says that. It's all, and it's oh. real. It's fucking real. And, that's, and it works that way maybe with corporations, too, you know. <laughs> <laughs> that's the name of the next record. This is why we can't have nice things. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> that's right. <laughs> Dude. So how how has the record been received? I mean, uh, I was at the show with you guys and The Used. Uh, I was talking with Bert and Justin for the show, and then I had, oh, to, cool. I had to bail, so I wasn't – I was talking to them while you guys were, were playing. Um cool and so i totally fucking missed it and then i also didn't see them either so it was this whole thing i swooped in and swooped out but uh, i mean how have people been receiving the new material i mean it's they've just been craving and there's just like this release for them is it is there been some people saying i don't understand it i mean i'm sure there's a bit of both because it's just how the world works but um, in your yeah, eyes yeah yeah i mean in my i mean i'm a I'm really honest. <laughs> I, I, I'll tell it like it is. No, I. It's uh, no. It feels. It feels great. I mean, I feel like when we played in our area, we did a couple of little headlining things. You know, around the holidays, we did a sort of surprise, kind of two sort of surprisey little, you know, short notice sort of things in New York, and amazing. You know, yeah. Um, we did St. Vitus was kind of. I guess the last day, sort of that, of that used tour that you're talking about, yeah. and uh, and that's like a smaller sort of club, best, definitely the best rock metal club in New York, without oh, a shit, doubt. Yeah, it could, it could be the fun. Yeah, I mean, it's one of the better that I've ever seen in the whole, you know, on the fucking planet. And our friends, uh, full disclosure, our friends do own it, but they're amazing, and the place is fucking amazing. And that show was completely ridiculous, and that's footage. In and and the, the footage from that is in a, a new video that we kind of put out relatively recently. But yeah, the shows have been wild. I feel like kids know a lot of the words. You know, you could tell it is. It was cool in the beginning because you could kind of tell which kids had gotten mailed which songs at random because yeah. that would be the song <laughs> certain certain kids would sing to. But yeah, I mean, it's it's, it's been great. You know, it hasn't been out terribly long. We haven't played like we haven't played. I mean, it's been out a while, but we haven't played tons of shows. Uh, headlining really to really to really see it, but I think these come, these upcoming shows, us in quicksand. I think. I mean, I I'm, I think it'll be pretty batshit. Yeah, I think it'll be that's going to be a quicksand. badass bill too. That, yeah, I'm pretty I'm pretty excited, honored, and excited. Dude, that's fantastic. I'm so I'm so glad things are going so well, and and uh, I mean. It, it's just so cool to watch the the whole the whole thing unfold from from the side. You know the 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 regular world i guess you can call it just watch i mean seeing these things come out and seeing you know like just the the g coming out like and that's the only thing posted like the g from glass like oh shit they're coming back <laughs> like just the way you guys do things i mean you you have so much control over every aspect there's always been a a cool factor to glass jaw i think because of the mystique behind it and just kind of how things are just kind of put out there um and then everything from the artwork to the live show to the sound, I mean, everything is just so well done. I think that's really helped, too, with the longevity and just keeping people interested and, and uh, keeping things fresh, but also branding yourselves. You guys have been so good with branding. It's it's fascinating. I mean, there's so many things that you guys have put out that you know it's Glassjaw. It doesn't say Glassjaw anywhere on it, but you know what it is because the brand is there. <laughs> You know, you guys are, are... Yeah, we take that. We always dug that. Like, yeah. you know, emblems and, and you, know, ins you know, insignias and kind of trying to keep mystique more than more than beating you over the head with, you know, with, all, with, with, you know, with everything. Definitely, we... I mean, you know, we try to... We try not to do too much. I, you know, we try not to do too much. And I, I think that just even putting a record out feels like there's too much going on. I feel like we played more shows in the last you know, a year and a half than we have in 10 years. So, so I, I feel like Justin, Justin and I both are always like, everything is too much, like doing anything. Like even <laughs> me talking right now on a podcast that this long is like, I feel like a fool, like what the fuck could I possibly be talking about for this long that warrants anybody listening? You know what I mean? So we try to keep it all, you know, pretty, 
pretty uh, undercover and not oversaturate our little our little universe. Sure. Yeah, you know, we have our, we have our thing. We got our we got our people. We know who we know who digs us, and uh, you know maybe the record, this new record, helped push it past that a little bit, and that's you know that was why not you know why not yeah I agree. long enough. I wouldn't mind that. I wouldn't. Yeah, I wouldn't mind that. But and you know what's coming up is summertime, and you know what's going to happen. There's a little kid out there. Not I would not say a little kid, but a youngster out there that's going to put on his fucking glass jaw shirt and go to that day camp and fly that flag. Yeah. and it, the exact same thing <laughs> yeah, is going to fucking happen, Daryl. Right, and that, that's beautiful. You say that. That's dude. very. It's very cute. It sounds very, very. It sounds. It's no. That's very real. It sounds romantic. That is definitely what could happen. Two dudes could meet. I know plenty of dudes, little Dude. dudes that we meet that are just our buddies that start a fucking pair, yeah. you know? Life like, is we're romantic. The, we're that, you know? Life is fucking romantic. It is. It is fucking romantic, it's man. It's poetry in motion. It is poetry, <laughs> it's poetry you know, in motion. We... Hey, I'm still, I'm still listening to those bands. I'm still wearing those t-shirts a lot yeah. of times. I'm still, I'm still in that headspace, and so is Justin. Like, he, he prides himself on that. He still loves... He loves what he loves, and it kind of never changes. So he kind of, you know, he... he he prides himself on all on on that shit too. That's important. Fly your fly your, your freak flag fly exactly right? with a with I a didn't G know if I on could it. Get it out. That's right with yeah. the fucking with big a fucking G on, G on, it. G on it. Who might you meet? You might meet somebody in a change uh, change history with your buddy. Yeah. Who knew that all that created all this, and it's just going to keep going. It's going to it's the cool thing that the thing that I like about what I do for work now is I watch these buildings go up, and I can look at the skyline of Portland and point at the buildings I help build, and it's going to it's going to live longer than me. Big. It's going to last of longer course. than me, just like you, what you're doing and what you're no, creating. It's awesome. It'll last longer, and it's far more important. I think that what you're talking about is far more important than maybe making some rock tunes. That sounds oh, very no. funny. Fuck no, that's what keeps me going. Well, this gets me up in the morning. Yeah. That's what gets me up in the well, morning. Thank you. That I creativity. That. And I think that about what you do. I think, uh, and I know Justin would say the same thing. We uh, we enjoy architecture and, and whatnot. I'm not much of a handyman. He's a real handyman. I'm not a handyman, but we, <laughs> we both love handyman sort of things. I just I just enjoy it in a different way because I'm not really a partaker in in it. But to even hear you talking about what you're talking about, that's very that's amazing, dude. It's yeah, <laughs> that's amazing that's... that you do that. <laughs> Man, well, you know, and like you said, talking on this podcast for this long, like I, I feel honored to, ha to have you on for one, just because I mean, and I know we're old buddies, but the the fact that there's not, I don't think you guys do a lot of long form interviews no, and talk, and I, that's why I was kind of no, surprised no. to hear back, like, yeah, let's do it. I was like, really? Okay. Well, only let's because do it. I knew you. I, I only because I knew you. I, I really don't. I don't like doing things typically like this because I feel like, what the fuck am I saying? And how important is half of it? So why <laughs> even, why even do that? And I try, you know, I'm trying to, I don't, I'm not trying to be in everybody's face. That's not my thing. Sure. You know? sure. I dig music. I don't dig trying to, I don't, I don't dig trying to fly my flag at this point. Yeah. <laughs> but I live and I put you, you know, old friends. So of course, a lot of people want to do it. Honestly. Cool. Thanks. Well, dude, I really appreciate it too. And you're an influencer. I mean, from from your style to to what you do. I mean, that you have a you have a stage, regardless whether you're on it. You have a stage, and people are watching and and either picking up on or even or people are hating something. You know, like it's all out there. And and uh, the fact that you came on the show and and uh, would chat, you know, for this long. I mean, that's I, it's an honor for me because it's not something you normally do. But it's also great to catch up with an old buddy. And hear what's going on in your Absolutely. life, kind of what led yeah, to us meeting, you know? And yeah, of course, man. The fact Thank that you're you. a father now, I mean, we have so much we could talk about on that side of things. I know I don't usually talk about that stuff with people on the show because people keep their lives. It's private. not very rock and roll. It's exactly. not really rock and roll, right? It doesn't yeah. feel very rock and roll. It, well, <laughs> if you live the same hours pretty much, you're not sleeping much, you're tired, that's right. you're, you're stressed out. That's right. But then there's these great oh, yeah. moments I, I, that last, you I'm know, way less now than when I was than when I was rocking more. Oh my god, I got way more sleep when I was rocking more and partying, <laughs> partying more. Oh, that's it's it's just uh, it's gonna it's changed your whole life already, and it's gonna keep doing it. And you're gonna I have imagine. these amazing oh, yeah. moments, and I'm sure you have already. 
but as things progress it's just gonna blow your damn mind and i i'm so excited for you as a father and what you're gonna see and and i mean it's just gonna it's gonna melt your world man it's crazy absolutely crazy but, i'm quite happy thank you i appreciate that dude daryl i i'm gonna let you go man and and uh not take up more of your evening but i like i said i really appreciate you coming on for a long form chat and you know getting out of your comfort zone but at the same time catching up and i mean your contribution to what you know me musically and all that stuff i mean it means a lot to me and i say this all the time on the show because i talk to a lot of people that i really enjoy but I Thanks, truly man. enjoy really what you've kind. done. You know? very, you're very kind. You're very, very, very kind. But, I appreciate it. Cool, man. I, I appreciate that, too. And, and uh, it was- All right, guys. I hope you enjoyed my conversation with Daryl Palumbo from Glassjaw, a good old friend of mine from the Warp Tour days, from the Anatomy of a Ghost days, still hitting it hard and releasing one of their best records to date. And I'm so glad he's doing what he's doing. And what a cool story and an awesome time I had talking to him. I'm glad you guys got to sit in on that. And maybe learn something you didn't know about Daryl and, and or maybe get inspired. You know, he's a very inspiring guy. He's very just uh, a kind hearted dude. So uh, a true original, as I said earlier, and uh, really appreciate him coming on and, and sharing his story with you guys and with me. So uh, I'm going to keep this one short. Keep everything on Adobe. Uh, we are on all the socials. PeerPleasurePodcast.com. Check out Rockabilia.com. Next week, we have another great episode for you and the week after and the week after. It's just going to keep coming. So anyways, I appreciate you guys coming back week after week. It's really special to know you guys are out there listening. All the emails I'm getting, the feedback, loving it. So keep that up. Keep spreading word of mouth. Rate and subscribe on iTunes. Give us a five-star rating if you dig the show. It definitely helps us out with chart position and everything else. And lets the world know we are a force to be reckoned with, which you already know. So... We are just over 80 episodes in, and it only gets better from here, folks, and I really appreciate you having you on board. I say it every week, but I really do appreciate it. And as always, we will see you on the radio. Hey, this is Doc Coyle, host of the X-Man Podcast and part of the Jabberjaw Media Podcast Network. The X-Man Podcast is where I talk to professionals in the music world and other creative industries about the challenges and transitions of leaving monumental ventures. This podcast is for those passionate and driven 20 to 30-somethings at a crossroad trying to figure out what's next. Listen and subscribe at jabberjawmedia.com.